Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dared to be loud, proud, and different. Her name was Audrey. Audrey grew up in Harlem, New York, in the 1930s and 40s. Cars and horse-drawn wagons crisscrossed the bustling streets, and around Audrey were a babel of voices, accents, and colors. Audrey's parents had immigrated to New York from their island home in the Caribbean. And Audrey often felt like an outsider. She was born legally blind and had to wear thick glasses. She didn't speak until she was four. But when she did, she always had opinions. And when people asked her how she was, she answered them by reciting poetry. But those weren't the only things that made her stand out. At her mostly white Catholic school, kids teased her for being black. But among black American kids, Audrey fell out of place because her parents were from another country. Audrey was often lonely and her books and writing were sometimes her only comfort. As she secretly scribbled out her own poems late into the night, she was determined to harness the magical power of words. I'm Camille Stennis, and this is Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls a fairy tale podcast about the rebel women who inspire us. On this episode, Audre Lorde, world-famous poet, Black feminist activist, compassionate teacher, outspoken lesbian, and a tireless warrior for social justice. Audrey's family faced racism every day. 
but they didn't talk about it. At that time, in New York City, black people couldn't stay at the same hotels as white people. They also often couldn't eat at the same restaurants. Once, Audrey's family traveled to Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July. As they wandered Washington streets and vast parks, Audrey and her two sisters stared up at old buildings and giant monuments, the sun pressing into Audrey's skin. As they walked back to their hotel, they stopped inside an ice cream parlor. Its white tiled walls gleamed at them, and they hopped up onto stools at the counter. But the waitress said she couldn't serve them. Audrey's parents understood. It was because they were Black. Audrey was enraged. They hadn't done anything wrong, but no one else in her family seemed as mad as she was. One day, she thought, she would speak up against those unfair things. Next time, she wouldn't just walk away. Audrey's parents were very strict with her and her sisters. They couldn't play out on the sidewalk like other kids, jumping rope or playing hopscotch. They couldn't invite friends over. And they always had to be respectful and obedient. But Audrey had a mind and a voice of her own. And she used it. Her mother and father often yelled at her. And her mother sometimes hit her. The older Audrey got, the more miserable she became. Finally, though, when she was in high school, she found a group of friends who, like her, loved poetry and were committed to being their outspoken selves. This group of rebels called themselves the Branded. They gathered before school in empty classrooms, reading the poetry they had written. They practiced magic and summoned the spirits of poets past. They cut classes to explore New York's noisy streets. With the support of these new friends, Audrey wrote poem after poem. Once, she even submitted one of her poems to the school magazine. When the editor rejected it, Audrey didn't get sad. She got angry. She knew her poem was good, so she sent it out to other magazines. One day, a thin envelope arrived in the mail. It was from Seventeen magazine. They told her they would love to publish her poem. So, in 1951, Audrey published her first poem in a national magazine.
By the time Audrey graduated high school, she was tired of her parents' strict rules and her mother's punishments. So, after a huge fight with one of her sisters, Audrey moved out of her family's house and into an apartment with her friends. In 1951, this was a bold move. Most young women at that time lived with their parents until they were married. But Audrey was ready to be independent now. And honestly, Audrey didn't even know if she wanted to be married. Marriage seemed so not for her at the time. She had dated boys, and she liked them well enough. But she wondered. Because she had crushes on girls, too. And she didn't exactly know what that meant for her. But she wanted to find out. Audrey worked nights at a hospital. During the day, she studied at Hunter College. And whenever she could, she typed her poems out on her typewriter. Audrey was so busy. She worked so hard. She became exhausted and depressed. She quit school and found a new job. She worked at doctor's offices and in factories where machines whined and groaned. She even moved to Mexico for a while. Back in New York, she joined peace protests, went to gay-friendly spaces, and marched for civil rights. Eventually, she went back to school and became a librarian. With each move, Audrey learned more about herself and the world. She found people who were like her and who were very different from her. And slowly, she began to find her place in the world. And she began to find her voice. No matter what, Audrey was determined to do life her own way. That included her relationships. She described herself as a lesbian, a woman who was romantically attracted to other women. And she had many relationships with women but she also sometimes dated men. Audrey also believed that people could be in love with more than one person at the same time and have healthy relationships with them. So Audrey often had multiple romantic partners. Then in 1962, she married her friend, Ed Rollins. Ed was a lawyer, and a man, and white. Audrey's friends couldn't understand why she was marrying a man, and Ed's family refused to come to the wedding because Audrey was black. Yet, Audrey and Ed refused to conform to their friends and family's expectations. They loved each other and were determined 
to make their marriage work. I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans, and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for Imaginary Friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B, a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. If is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out-loud adventure for the whole family. If comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17th. Bring your imaginary friends too. Soon, Audrey's life was filled with sleepless nights and the sounds of babies crying. Ed and Audrey had two kids, and Audrey's life became all about motherhood. By that time, Audrey had published several poems in magazines and anthologies. One day, While Audrey's kids were still young, a student asked her for an interview. He had read some of her poems and was writing a paper about her work. Audrey's heart glowed with pride. Later, the student sent Audrey a copy of his paper. Audrey tore open the envelope, and as her eyes scanned his words, They filled with tears. His paper made her sound like a has-been, like she had given up on poetry to become a wife and a mother. Audrey was heartbroken and furious. She wasn't a has-been, and she would prove it. Immediately, she set up a new desk for herself in their bedroom. Her own poetry corner, Ed agreed to take care of the kids for three hours each Sunday while Audrey wrote. Audrey was writing again, and powerful words flowed from the tips of her fingers. She knew then 
she would never stop. Filled with new energy and hope, Audrey sent out her poems to many magazines. But she got rejection slip after rejection slip. White male editors at mainstream publishers simply weren't interested in, or didn't understand, a Black woman's poetry. So, Audrey looked to different avenues. She published with feminist magazines and Black newspapers. Then one day, Audrey got a call that changed her life. One of Audrey's friends from The Branded was now working at a small publisher. She asked Audrey to submit a book for her to publish. Audrey did, and in 1968, Audrey published her first book of poems called The First Cities. Audrey was thrilled. But just as Audrey's career was taking off, trouble was brewing at home. Ed and Audrey still loved each other and their kids. But for years, they had been growing apart. So, in the 1970s, they separated and divorced. Audrey found new love with a woman named Frances Clayton. Soon, Audrey and Frances moved into a house on Staten Island with Audrey's two kids. The neighbors were not always kind to Audrey and Frances. Audrey was Black and Frances was white. And interracial couples were still discriminated against. Also, they were lesbians, and many people still thought women shouldn't be in romantic relationships together. But despite these hardships, Audrey and Francis continued to love each other year after year while making a new and different kind of family. In the years that followed, Audrey published another book and more poems. And soon, people were asking her to read and speak at events and conferences. She published essays and spoke at civil rights protests. Eventually, she became a college professor, teaching English and creative writing. Sometimes, Audrey got frustrated with the publishing industry. One publisher said he would publish her third book, but only if she removed a poem about being a lesbian. Reluctantly, she agreed, and the book was published in 1973. But Audrey was tired of hiding who she was. So that same year, at a poetry reading in a small bookstore, Audrey read the very poem the publisher had cut and came out to the crowd as a proud lesbian. Even though it was scary, Audrey refused to be anyone but herself. And she wanted the whole world to know it. 
Audrey's outspokenness and her poetry catapulted her into the world's spotlight. She published more and more and won many awards. Her unique voice echoed around the world. On October 14, 1979, Audrey spoke at the first National March on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. Her largest audience yet. More than 100,000 people gathered at the nation's capital to protest the oppression of LGBTQ plus people. Audrey took the stage and looked out over the sea of people. She took a deep breath and began her speech. I am proud to raise my voice here this day as a Black lesbian feminist committed to struggle for a world where all our children can grow free from the diseases of racism, of sexism, of classism, and of homophobia. For those oppressions are inseparable, Audrey said. For not one of us will ever be free until we are all free. The crowd erupted in applause. Audrey continued to write, publish, teach, and speak out against injustice across the globe. Eventually, she moved to the Caribbean, where her parents were from, and settled on an island called St. Croix. She lived there until 1992, when sadly, she passed away from cancer. Today, Audrey's powerful words continue to echo through the hearts and minds of all who read her work. Her essays are taught in college classrooms. Her poetry is recited at rallies. She continues to challenge us every day to work to free all people from oppression, not just those who look or sound or act like us. This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls and is based on the book series Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. This episode was produced by Camille Stennis. Sound design and mixing by Mumble Media. This episode was written by Alexis Stratton and fact-checked by Joe Radigan. Executive producer is Katie Springer. Haley Dapkis is our production manager. Original theme music was composed and performed by Electra Barjockey. A big thanks to the whole Rebel Girls team who make this show possible. For more, visit rebelgirls.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and review this episode and share it with your friends. Until next time, stay rebel. Thanks for listening to this episode, Rebels. Did you know there's a whole world of Rebel Girls to explore? 
Go to rebelgirls.com slash more to check out our latest books, t-shirts, crafting kits, and, well, more. Visit rebelgirls.com slash more. Until next time, stay rebel.